Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Jesus, you have a name that you've been given that is above all names. And at your name, every knee, every heart will bow. And so, Jesus, this morning, we bend the knee of ambition. We bend the knee of self-sufficiency. We bend the knee of selfishness and materialism and independence. We bend the knee of my agenda, my needs, my wants. We bend the knee of more things, a bigger house, a better job. We bend the knee of performance. And we adore you. And we have our hands open for the beauty you would like to give us.
instead of ashes, for the joy that we are craving instead of mourning. We need a garment of praise because some of us have been so heavy. And so Jesus, clothe us in righteousness, clothe us in praise. We love you, Jesus. We love that you are making the brokenness whole and you are bringing dry bones to life and you are calling forth daily what is dead in us. So make your light shine on the dark places of our heart, the dead places of our heart, that we might be more alive to you and to the other and we might love you and love each other with a full heart. We thank you for the body of Christ, for the brotherhood and sisterhood of believers, for moms and dads and aunts and uncles and sisters and cousins in the faith, because with them we can run this race. And so I am grateful for this body you have given me. We are grateful we move towards gratefulness and praise. And now that our hearts have been softened and tender, we are ready to receive from you more, more to propel us into what you would have us to do for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's do this real quick. Put your hand over your heart really quickly. So Jesus, this is the, this is the new land that you want to you want to be a part of. This is the place where you're seated. This center of our being, this is where we need you. So today I pray as we as we share a little bit that you would be invited. You're invited right now. So just in whatever words are real for you, just invite him in to the innermost part of your being. The transition from this God who has accomplished things and set things in order and created things to now this view of God we see in Jesus that he's also compassionate and intimate and asking to be with us and time with us. It's a little baffling for our minds, but that's how he wants to live with us. So we just invite that, that Jesus into the deep parts of our hearts today that you would begin to go ahead and stir our hearts, God. Thank you so much for everything. In your name we pray. Amen. So just real quick recap from the last three weeks, we've been, uh, we jumped into John 15, which was the passage on the vine, and I feel like I'm jumping from like one natural metaphor to another with today, but the idea is that you need to be connected to the vine for there to be any type of health in your life. It's just, and when you start to talk about like what you're dreaming about for this year and what you're going to conquer as a family, that if you haven't spent that time with him to just interact to see what he thinks... Whatever you're trying to do other than that needs to just be put on the back burner. So, and I also want to give a shout out. The carabiner I was going to give, I was going to give to you, Brad, and I'm going to do it later. But if you go into that, that room, there's a big picture on the wall now that's John 15 and vines, and it's, it's ridiculously beautiful. You're really talented at what you do. You guys need to check it out. It's just this huge picture for the scripture for the year. Um, but I felt like that was important to start with. And then now I want to transition into, we're not going to preach through the pots and if you weren't here last week, you need to take one of these home and put it on your fridge. These are our prayers of the season. 
These are the things we believe as a staff and as a church that God is leading us to pray into that we believe he's going to answer, but we need him to do. So we usually preach through those. We're not going to do that anymore. Um, But we are going to preach the first one. It's roots. Everybody say roots. So the reason is because this one felt like it was in all the pots. And when you start talking about roots, you start talking about things that aren't seen. Roots are underneath the surface. You don't see them. You have no idea what they look like or how big they are. But they're there. And for sure, there's nothing coming out of the ground without roots. For sure. There is no plant. There probably, there's probably some science nerd in here that's like, well, actually, there is a plant. It's called an Arabificus. And it actually saturates the oxygen from the air. And James, that was for you. You got it? Okay. But they're just it's not going to happen. There's no... There's no plant that comes out of a nothing. And really, like anything, the things you do that aren't seen produce the things that people see. That's just the way it is. And that's also in a negative sense. The things that we do or let stir or are in us, that we let stay, produce things, period. I had this image this past week of, in my life, sin. It's definitely there that I pretend it's not there, that's a root structure. It's definitely there. And I felt like God was saying, the more you let things hide inside of you and think that nothing's going to come up, come from, just wait, it's going to produce. That's why you, that's why I like, for, and I said this last week, that's why I like you see people in ministry like falling a lot because we feel like we have to hide everything. And all, there's these huge root structures of sin under the surface that no matter how good we are at hiding things, if there's roots, there's something's coming. And that's all of us. The greatest thing about having Jesus as our gardener, like we talked about, is he has the ability to uproot stuff, right? Like, he has the ability to take things that we don't even know, like how to talk about the root structures in our hearts sometimes. In fact, we don't like talking about the inner parts of us. Christianity would just be a lot easier. We could just do stuff, right? Like, Let's go do stuff. Let's sing loud. Let's go help people. But when we start talking about what's inside of us, we get uncomfortable. And sometimes when you're talking to people, you see stuff surface out of them that they don't even know how to talk about. It's like just talking with someone and you find out they're mad and they're like, I'm not mad. I'm not, I didn't, what I was saying was you're not mad. What do you mean I'm not mad? Well, I don't, I I don't. Nothing's happening. Everything's good. And these things are in all of us, though. And so as Americans, I think, and as a conqueror and dominance, like this is part of our culture, like we're the best nation ever. That's what we say about ourselves, right? Like there's things that come along with that. Things like let's not talk about our weaknesses. When Jesus is like, I'm going to gather all of you guys together. You're all going to follow me. And you're going to be upset at me half the time because you're going to think this way is the way to do it. And you're going to be mad at me when I don't do it that way. And in that process of me doing that, you're going to realize there's things in you that need to come out. Things like pride and things like ambition and things like the things Sarah prayed through. Things like greed. Things like materialism. You're going to need me to take those out. But the way that that's going to happen is with time with you. And so today, there's a picture of roots that he's going to show. Um... That's not a real tree, but that's roots, and that's a tree, and it's pretty accurate in terms of the size of a tree compared to the size of roots. And and so today I want to get you guys thinking about, as you go into this year, our prayer for you is that we pray you you grow deep roots by creating space for spiritual formation and discipleship and worship in spirit and truth. 
My prayer for you is, and we know this more than anything, like we can have really beautiful gatherings. You can make yourself look a certain way, but underneath the surface in your heart, if that's not where the goods are, then what's going to come is not the good stuff. And so my prayer for you and your family is that God would show you through the Holy Spirit how to create space to be with him. Not reliant on a pastor who does preach the word and believes that we need the word 100%. But, but you're not reliant on me, but you learn that in this process, he's saying to you, I want to be with you. And I'm going to teach you how to do that if you're willing. But please look at me. Most of you don't know how to do that because it's uncomfortable. And we start talking about why is that in your heart. Some of the young men start talking about why is there lust everywhere. Some of the women, whatever their struggle is. I'm not a woman. I don't know if you knew that. I'm not. So when we start talking about those things, we get uncomfortable. But I just believe Jesus came to show the way. And I love pictures of Jesus. This is why in two weeks we're going to start a series on Jesus and go for a long time. Preaching straight through the book of Mark. Just cranking out some Jesus, guys. Y'all good with that? Yeah. Boom. So we're going to do that. All right? But I want to read you Ephesians 3 and Colossians 6 real quick. Um, I'm going to read it from the screen. This is 13 through 21. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now Colossians 2, 6 through 10. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and, according, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Okay, so real quickly, a couple things that jump out to me that I just felt like you needed to know. So this group of people had only known the version of God that was distant and created things. They only knew the version of God that was not next to them. And they're being told this new version, this father that you're looking at, actually has the qualities of Jesus. So there's a prayer to the father here. And this is not new for us. So you hear guys like me talk about intimacy. This was new for them. So for them, being told that this God that we had followed this whole time now in, in Jesus actually looks, this God, the Father, looks like Jesus, which means he comes into your world, which means he's intimate, which means he's 
caring, and compassionate. This was a very new thing for them. This was not something that just clicked. It was like when, he, when they gathered the disciples and started walking. We talk, I talked about this with Jordan this week. All these different people from different walks of life are told to now take whatever their first thing was. And if you're reading the book of Mark or any, any gospel, you see what their first thing was. It tells you what they were. This was a taxpayer. It takes these things and it shifts those to second place. And now their focus is this following Jesus. So that if you're able to see them, you can see that's a Jesus follower. He happens to be a tax collector. That's a Jesus follower. He happens to be a fisherman. So it's not this idea that Jesus ventures into this land and he tells these people about himself and they continue doing their profession, and they also enjoy Christ. Does that make sense? It's this idea now that everything's going to have to change. Jesus enters, picks his disciples, and every part of life has changed. It's now him first. Drop your nets, right? Whatever you do, drop your pencils, drop your textbooks, drop your basketball basketball player or people who think they do. Drop your whatever. This picture is what he says to us in the beginning of our salvation. Drop whatever it is. Now you follow me. I might choose to let that resurface. You might go back to being that. But the first thing, the very first thing, an Americanized Christian, please hear me. It's not the first thing for us. It's not. To be a follower of Jesus trumps every other thing in your life. And this is why they dropped everything and started walking with him. And it wasn't beautiful. And they were upset. And he built these stages where these interactions happened to have, ha- had to happen so they would have to face what's inside of them. He wasn't asking them to run from it. He was saying, pride is surfacing in you because you want to be first. Pride is surfacing in you because you need me to do it a certain way. Let's sit in that. That's being with Jesus. It's not just deciding, yeah, I'm, I love Jesus. Like, and I'm not throwing stones at any Christian, but there's just a lot of us that just verbally love Jesus. We just love Jesus, right? But then we don't have any idea what it looks like to, to walk that out. We don't know what it looks like. So when systems in our world or political structures or the Old Testament laws start to press in on us, we don't know how to do that with Jesus. We don't know that in Jesus' character, there is no enemy. We don't know that in Jesus' character, there are no walls. We don't know that. We just say, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense in my mind. We shouldn't have that. I should do that. You shouldn't, like, you definitely shouldn't talk about your disgusting sin. Like, the Christian who just professes Jesus, and it hasn't gone deeper than that, they're never going to allow you to feel comfortable for you to share what you really need to share. It's never going to come out of it. And you can't even pressure them, right? Like we demand that this world is attacked by the gospel and that we finally step in and love people like the gospel is telling us to without first being loved by Christ. It doesn't work. And I love this imagery in Ephesians 3 where it says, once he has inserted himself in the innermost part of your being by his spirit, This is work you can't even do on your own. Once that has happened, you'll get to see how wide and how high and how deep. And it surpasses the mind. And what he's saying is once this love has taken root and you have said, you come in, you're first, then his borderless love comes through you. So a good litmus test for you. Are there boundaries for what you would do for Christ? 
Is there, are there people in your life that you would not take Christ to? The, the love of Christ inserted into a, a Christian at Ephesus meant that you finally understood the borderless love that passes, surpasses understanding. You can't even understand it without him inside of you. And so I have this image in my brain of like Christ coming to dwell in me and these walls, like just picture these walls just going. There is no one too dirty anymore. And if you feel like there is, then you probably feel like you're still too dirty. And that's just not okay. Because the love of Christ, if it came to do anything, it was to bring redemption and to meet you exactly where you are when you're there. So this love of Christ wants to dwell in us. The word for rooted, you can pull up the word for rooted. It's a beautiful word. It's in both of these passages. And that word actually means to take root, to go deeply into the soil. And this doesn't make sense to us, but it's permanent. This root is permanent. And so when I started thinking about how to challenge you guys, I was like, man, they got to have deep roots. Like, come on. Like, we're Christians. We got to have deep roots. Step up to the plate. Sacrifice more. Do more. That's not what I feel like the passage is saying. I feel like the passage is saying Jesus is the root. Jesus is rooted. Jesus is permanent. That root structure is not being pulled up. The root structure of Jesus is there's nothing that can yank it up and be like, see, like our enemy, the devil, that seeks to destroy us like a roaring lion. He cannot do anything with that root. He cannot. That's why it tells us, so have faith. Put your faith in Jesus. Don't go create your own root structure. Don't go, and, and part of this is kind of confusing because it is back on you, creating the space for Jesus. If that's not happening, you don't even get faith about the root. It's not create space for Jesus, my roots go deep. It's create space for Jesus, I understand how this works. I understand that he's the root. My fears kind of start to dissipate because nobody's yanking that root up. You can yank whatever I create up. You're not yanking the root of Jesus up. So as you create space, which you have to do, that starts to take root in you. It's already there. That's why it says have faith in him, not what you can do. Faith, and faith is built by the word of God. So Christian, like struggle with the word all you want. Have questions. Try and figure out whether the Old Testament's a metaphor or real. In my presence, you can do that all day long. And I will sit with you. But struggle with it. And read it. And take it in. Don't let it be replaced with your passion and zeal for whatever thing you have right now. That is irreplaceable. If you don't know how to read the word, find somebody that does. If you've got to read one verse and that's it, this part of it, faith is by hearing the word of God. If I am only the only word you hear each week, you're not getting a big enough picture of the, of the root structure. You're just not. And you won't sustain. And so, so as we start to talk about this in Colossians, it talks about begin to walk. Begin to walk with him. And I don't want to miss anything, so I'm just going to make sure I'm not. I do love this. I just have to say it. In Ephesians, it's this borderless love when he takes root. And in Colossians, it gives the picture that love starts to overflow. And it, it actually is talking about a river 
that once Jesus begins to dwell and takes root as you have received him, being central figurehead God in person on earth as the only one to occupy that seat, once that starts to happen and you start to absorb that, it's as if thankfulness comes out of you like a river was overflowing. So the, the imagery in Colossians is it will start to flow over its banks when he starts to take root. You can point at people all day long and tell Christians they got to be more loving and got to be, but if he is not taken root, if he is not given the space to do that in you, it's not coming from you. And the greatest thing about how he does it, I love this passage in Revelation 22, and you can pull this up, Bill. Love this passage. I didn't at first, I'm going to be honest. I felt like the Lord led me to it, and I was like, man, I got to preach that. Come on, there's this passage, you're like, no, that's not the word, is it? It is, okay. So this is what it says, I, Jesus, and this is Revelation, so he's speaking through the angel of the Lord to the churches. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root, okay? So further evidence, he is the root from the stump of Jesse is what this is. I'm the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. And this is where I want to land with you guys today. The way that I hear Jesus try and enter my deep places is not awesome. It is not super fun. Um... I'm not going to share too much about this right now, but I'm going to share a little bit. <laughs> so Sarah and I have recently walked through a really hard loss that is so broken-filled, and I don't know how to walk through it. I don't. I literally, at night, I'm like, I haven't, like, I've, it's the first time I've, like, started just weeping at weird times. Like, before you knew me as the guy that would weep at, at Rudy, or when they unveil the house on the complete home makeover. Like those are two of my times. But now I'm like, I'm listening to like, you shouldn't even cry to some of this stuff. Like Hans Zimmer's like soundtrack to Inception. I'm crying. I don't know why. I'm riding down the street. Just break out into crying. Like. And so to me, I don't want to do, I'm going to get all over the place. But I think there are seasons in my life where I was so broken that what was inside of me, I figured out ways to not deal with them. And I think a lot of us are just that way. And I just don't, I never have known how. Like, that's probably why I don't like to cry, I think. And so this situation that happened with us recently, it, it came with, of course, the pain, but also this gift of a similar type of brokenness that I had locked away from my past. And I, I, feel, I feel more the presence of Jesus than I've ever felt in the last few weeks. Just to be honest with you guys. And he came knocking in brokenness. He didn't come like we all think he's going to come, like with joy and zippity doodah. He came with brokenness, and he said, I want the inner parts of you. So hear, hear me, thirsty Josh. Come. I'm gifting you right now brokenness so that you can finally let me have access to these other inner places, these inner places that I need to heal, and not, and not only that, he gave me the gift of community around me that I know that when I do like things like uncontrollably cry in a weird spot, that people are just going to hug me, right? And so, so when he comes, 
to seek those inner places in us. The ones that are forbidden, even the ones that look like sin, which are sin. And we're certain he's going to look at and go, see, see, I, I knew that was there. See, I knew that was there, you nasty human who did that. I knew that was there. And we're like, yeah, that's why I didn't want to show you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if I can say yes, he's going, see, 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 see how I see this? See what I want to do with it? See? He's knocking and saying those things that are hidden. We want them hidden. He's like, no, 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 no. I came to give you life. See? And sometimes he knocks asking for confession so that he can heal. Another visual picture I had this week that is destroying me is we think the church needs more super polished people who are sin free and preach a gospel that is really not attainable when Jesus is looking for people who will talk openly about real life. And I literally saw in my mind that when any person decides to speak that way and say, this is really happening to me, this is so goofy, but a spiritual bridge is built from their mouth to the hearers, and then the hearers have the ability to come out. And that, to me, is Jesus. And that, when you hear him knock, that's the kind of freedom he's trying to bring. And so him dwelling in the midst of you might not look like just saying, I'll do it. It might look like, oh, crap. You can have access to this brokenness that makes me feel like I want to run and scream in the woods. It might look like you just being honest that this hidden root structure is really there. And you don't hear the grace in his voice saying, this time with me is going to be important now. Because you, you feel like this root structure is hideable because you don't see the cedar that's about to shoot up. You don't see the cedar that's about to shoot out of that root structure and your life is about to go. When he's like, let me get at the roots, right? Before there's something to cut down. And then you might feel like you're dead. The great thing about being connected to his vine structure is literally you can cut a tree down that has a giant root structure and the sucker will grow back. The, the, the thing will grow back if the root structure's there. You cut a tree down that has no roots, guess what happens? I don't want to be a Christian that has no roots because we're all going to get cut down in some way in our life, right? So he says, let's focus on time with me and root structures. Give me access. And what, if that looks like for you, you got to be honest about your schedule. Listen, it's worth it. It won't be super easy, but if there's not a central focus like the disciples had, getting up and leaving whatever job to focus on him, there's another root structure being built, right? But he gives us grace, and he sends his spirit, and he says through an angel to the churches in Revelation, come, come, come those who are thirsty, come those who are sinful, come those who are broken, Come those who are hiding. Come those who are insecure. Come those who are angry. Come those who are frustrated. Come those who are fearful. Screaming at you, knowing exactly what will draw you to him. Don't run from it. Does that make sense? 
I have no idea what I just did today, but <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. Um, worship team, you guys can come up. So I feel like as a pastor, we should kind of put our money where our mouth is with stuff like this. It's so easy to preach a message and be like, go do it. We're like, okay. So March 1st through 7th is that. We're creating a space for you to reset how you live your life. This is a week full of prayer. You don't get a spiritual check mark. You don't get an A plus or an F. There's just the opportunity for you to create space. And, and look at me when I say this. Every one of you have the reason why you can't. And it feels really great. But if that reason means that Jesus will be second or third or fourth or fifth, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Help us to help you restructure the way that you live your life. Create space. Fall in love with Jesus. Give him access. This is so hard preaching these kind of messages because you can only preach. You can, I can't walk with you every day in your home. That's where you have to trust that the Holy Spirit can do the work that seems impossible. You have to trust that when you create the space that he's going to be there. You have to trust that he'll know what to do. But you have to create the space. And so if you guys would stand with me as we close today. I'm going to walk you through a spiritual exercise into this. And it's really simple. Everybody close your eyes. However you want to picture your heart. Whatever it looks like in your metaphoric brain. With your eyes closed, picture your heart. In the very center of your heart is a seat. And it's a king's seat. And it can look like whatever a king's seat looks like. Right? To Jesus, the king's seat was a cross. In the center of your heart, there's an empty seat. Let him show you what is on that seat. Don't try and rush through this. What is occupying the numero uno, number one spot for a king in the center of your heart? With your eyes closed, let it walk on there. Man, I hope it's Jesus, but I think maybe for some of us it's not. So as that's happening, allow the voice in Revelation 22 speak to you, say, Come, let's talk about this. He's not shaking his finger angrily at you. He's saying, this is our next conversation, son or daughter. I look forward to to spending time with you. There's a reason why you think this thing should be there. And I'm not even angry at you. I just want to show you that I need to be there. And then just let him, let him take his rightful place at the center of your heart. And Jesus, as a church, please let nothing else occupy that seat for us. Let us do everything out of faith in you, not out of fear, not out of anxiety, not out of rules, not because our government says to. Let it be the seat of Jesus that we all kneel around like the angels will, crying, holy, 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 saying, Jesus, we love you. We don't want to do it without you. If that means going at a pace that's not quick enough and stirring things up in our hearts that we need to deal with and pointing out root structures that you are the only one that can handle, I'll give you that time and space. I won't run. Don't pretend. 
You have that faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just give me Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.